On episode 320 of the Tennis Files podcast, you'll learn how to prepare for your matches. The six essentials. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Welcome to the Tennis Files Podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mirban Iranshad. Hey there, welcome to another episode of the podcast. And today we're going to be talking about the essentials to help you prepare for your matches. I've at one point or another, not done all of these things. So I uh, just want you to learn from my mistakes and from what I've learned from other great experts that I've interviewed on the podcast or have had on the, my summits and whatnot. So, uh, you know, some of these might seem like really small mistakes, but I guarantee you that uh, they can cost you a match. Uh, even, you know, making one small mistake, a subset of each of these categories these matches that you play often come down to just a couple points here and there. So let's get to it. Um, oh, and before I, sorry, before I get to it, actually, I just wanted to mention uh, what an amazing U.S. Open uh, with Coco Goff winning, which is so cool. She won the City Open nearby where I live, and then she went on to win the U.S. Open. Uh, great match over a really tough opponent. It's, um Arena Sabalenka, who um, you know made quite a few errors, I would say, but Coco used their athleticism and really um, deservedly won the match. And then you have uh, Novak Djokovic winning his 24th Grand Slam. Pretty amazing. Uh, pretty funny, too, actually. I think when they cut to, uh, was it a baseball game or a football game? I can't remember which one. Uh, one of the stations, they said, oh, uh, congratulations to Stan Warinka for defeating Jovac Nokovic. Uh, so I thought that was pretty hilarious. Um, but yeah, just uh, the longevity of, of Novak is incredible there. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed that one. A lot of crazy tennis news as well with, um, was it, uh, gosh, I'm blanking right now. Uh, yeah, Simona Halep actually getting banned for four years. So that's another crazy headline there. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, just some tennis news that I'm sure you've hopefully heard about and or watched and uh, yeah, pretty interesting stuff. But this podcast is all about helping you improve your tennis game, not just the latest tennis gossip. Uh, that'll probably be a different podcast that I create someday. Uh, eh, maybe not. But anyways, uh, mistake or sorry, key number one, which is also a mistake if you obviously <laughs> reverse the statement, but um, the number one key, uh, key number one is to have all your essential equipment ready. So this can be anything from your grips to your towels, your sunscreen. I mean, you know, first off with, with having uh, either a replacement grip or over grips, whichever one you prefer to use, it makes a huge difference if you have to use an old grip, one that's worn down or one that's sweaty, uh, has lost its tack if you like tacky grip. I mean, the grip is the foundation of all your strokes. So uh, I can really feel the difference, you know, when I'm using a worn out grip uh, versus one that's really secure. You know, like let's say when you have a 
a Wilson Pro Overgrip or a Yonix Super Grip or a Torna Grip, uh, which these three I'm actually um, retesting out right now. Uh, and when you put a fresh one on, you just feel like your your grip is locked in. Uh, but if you overuse the grip, then after a while, then it's it's going to feel slippery. You you feel like your you know volley grip or your ground strokes are not secure. Uh, it can also damage your racket um, because you know loose grip uh, makes you more susceptible to having your racket uh, just fly out of your hand. So you definitely want to make sure you have enough grips um, in your bag. So check that right now. Actually, maybe not. Maybe after this podcast episode. Yeah. Wait a little bit. Uh, the next uh, piece of equipment is um, uh, your racket, uh, having them strung to spec, you know, not too loose, not too tight. Um, you know, the other day I was playing a match and then I, I, um, my first racket didn't feel right and I went to my other two and they also felt off and it was, uh, was kind of tough, a little bit tough to adjust and made it work, but uh, there's nothing worse than having your rackets not feel right. Uh, especially if you um, had the time to string them, and but you were too lazy to do that. Uh, trust me, again, I know all about this. <laughs> but you do want to have those rackets uh, with the proper tension in there, the proper string, and it's really not worth it to try to cheap out and like you know keep your strings in forever versus having a crappy experience or losing a match. Uh, imagine having to explain that to your partner if you're playing doubles and saying. Yeah, you know, my rackets, just the strings were horrible. And they say, oh, uh, didn't have time to string, buddy? <laughs> I mean, you probably did or, you know, had the chance to give them to a stringer. The next piece of equipment there in this first category of having your equipment ready to go is the towels. I used to keep forgetting my towel and my grip would also get drenched after a few games during the summer. My, you know, I'd just in general be drenched, obviously. and uh, that definitely was not great because, you know, you can obviously use your towel to dry off your grip, dry off your arms so that you're not leaking a ton of sweat on your grip. Uh, these days I keep two towels in my bag and then a spare towel in the trunk as well, just to make sure that I'm, I'm prepared with that. Uh, it's really nice to have a towel on a hot day, believe me. Uh, also, sunscreen, of course, that's self-explanatory. You want to keep your skin healthy there. So you do want to have that in your bag or at least apply before you come to the court. But you probably want to keep it in case you have a long match and you need to reapply it. Also, hats. Hats help a lot when it's sunny outside. They help absorb sweat as well. So a uh, really essential piece of equipment unless you truly are bothered by wearing a hat. But I, I recommend that. Or if you don't like a hat, uh, hats just wear visors. Uh, just like Roddick. Also, wristbands. I uh, really enjoy using wristbands. They help uh, prevent the sweat, again, from your arms leaking onto your grip. Uh, so that's, I've really noticed a huge difference, actually, when using a wristband uh, on my racket arm, obviously, my racket wrist, um, versus not using one. The, um, the longevity of my grip, which I use over grips on top of the regular grip, is much higher, of course, because it gets less sweaty. So wristbands highly encourage them. They also, um, interestingly, kind of um, keep your wrists kind of more secure, like locked in. So that's kind of nice too. Also extra shirts. I see a lot of people forget extra shirts and it really sucks having to hop in the car with a sweaty shirt and 
you can certainly get sick, you know, especially if it's a hot day and so you feel like you want to put the AC on in your car. Uh, or also if, you know, you've played inside and it's wintertime and now you got to walk outside with a cold, um, you know, uh, outside in the cold when you have a sweaty shirt on, that that's not good. So you want to keep extra shirts in your bag. Also, a long sleeve or a jacket if it's cold. So having your essential equipment ready is really going to help you feel secure, confident, and able to perform at your best. Um, So these may seem like small little things, but believe me, they add up. Uh, The second category, the second key here is performing a dynamic warm-up. I will link to my dynamic warm-up video um, in the links to this uh, this show uh, on the show notes page. And you can also just go to tennisfiles.com slash YouTube or search Tennis Files on YouTube. Um, actually, search Tennis Files Dynamic Warm-Up and you'll find it. But the dynamic warm-up really is crucial in helping you prime your body to perform, uh, to, to you know prevent injury as well. Dynamic warm-up certainly will make the difference between performing well and getting an injury. Because uh, your body is going to be particularly susceptible to injuries when it is cold. I've uh, pulled my calf a couple times when my body was cold. And I actually use uh, calf sleeves these days just to protect against that. So that's a, a good thing to use if, if you have that particular issue. Uh, but yeah, all the pros perform dynamic warm-ups. I mean, think to when you watch uh, tennis on TV. Hopefully you get to do that and... You always see the players um, warming up uh, somehow. Um, you know, there's a lot of great dynamic warm-up exercises, as again, you know, is, is in my YouTube video that a lot of people have used and enjoyed. Uh, you know, some is a few of these exercises would be jumping jacks, leg swings, lunges, um, straight leg march, um, side lunges, things like that. So uh, those are really, really helpful in getting you ready to play. You don't want to just get in the car and arrive to the match with zero minutes until it starts. It's the worst idea possible. And I've done that a lot, especially when I was younger, uh, the junior days, especially. Um, yeah. So the dynamic warm-up is huge. Key number three is the appropriate hydration and nutrition. So this, this science element of, uh, peak performance is very interesting to me. I've had some hydration experts on uh, the podcast and the summits as well. And so with hydration, especially if you're playing a match, especially if it's going to be uh, more than an hour of exercise, and especially, again, like even on top of those two things, if it's going to be outside and hot. In this case, you want to prepare by preloading your body with electrolyte uh, electrolytes, uh, an electrolyte drink before your matches. And you, you do want to look for sodium as the key element in these electrolyte drinks. That's what you want to focus on because that is what's going to help you prevent cramping. Uh, you know, a lot of people are still under the false notion that potassium is the most important electrolyte or element that will help you with cramping. But in fact, it is sodium. So uh, you don't want to look for that in your drinks there. And the amount of sodium that you need 
Uh, unfortunately, I can't give you a cookie cutter answer, although I will give you some guidelines in uh, about 37 seconds. You can tie me. <laughs> uh, we'll see. But um, you, it, it depends. You know, if you sweat a lot and you notice uh, like white salt streaks on your clothing, that means that you are a heavy sweater. If obviously you don't sweat much, you don't see any of those white marks, then you are not uh, a heavy sweater. So, um, I would personally recommend that you go to um, the Precision Fuel and Hydration website, and that's one of the experts that I've talked to, an expert from that uh, company. They make hydration drinks, so shout out to them. I'm not getting paid or anything for mentioning them, but just one that stands out to me. And they have this cool test that you can take uh, free of charge, and they just ask you some questions. And voila, they, they tell you what you need. So um, the guidelines here for preloading, and they give you you know more high, um, guidelines uh, beyond that as of like during the match um, and after the match and whatnot. But um, to, for preloading, about 90 minutes before the match, if you don't sweat much, then you're going to want to preload with a drink that has around maybe 500 milligrams of sodium. Obviously, you can take multiple drinks too, just adding up to 500 milligrams. Um, if you sweat a lot, so when I did my test, this is the result I got that I was um, that I was kind of on the like medium to high level. Uh, I would want to preload with a thousand uh, of sodium drink, um, and they actually have like you know specific drinks for these levels. And then if you sweat a ton, you notice like a ton of salt. Um, like white streaks on your clothing, your hat, your shirt, etc., uh, shorts, then you want to preload with 1,500 milligrams of sodium. So these are the different levels here. Um, I think if you look at your standard Gatorade, they have something like 200 to... I'm sorry, if you if you look at the... Um, now, the standard Gatorade is even less, but like the Gator Lite, uh, Pedialyte, I think they have something around like 300-ish. Um, milligrams of sodium in the bottle. So you do want a little bit more than that to, to preload with that at the minimum. So I, I, I would bet that the vast majority of you do not preload like this. But again, this preloading ritual is, is you know, you'd need to do this if you're playing uh, in, in hot conditions and you're playing a match and it's going to be over an hour, which, you know, most matches are over an hour. So just some, you know, rough guidelines. But again, I would recommend that you actually just take some sort of sweat test. You know, it doesn't have to be at, you know, the Precision Fuel and Hydration website, but just somewhere. And just even the the mere fact of you being more cognizant of preloading with electrolytes before your matches, I think is going to help you a lot than what you were doing. So just some rough guidelines there. Uh, and then as I mentioned, you know, brands, so uh, you've, I mean, you've got Precision Hydration Fuel, you've got Gator Light, which I also like quite a bit, actually, which they pretty much mimic Pedialyte, except um, whatever flavor that is, that is like, it's like clear or like kind of misty white color, because it doesn't have um, artificial colors, that's why I choose it pretty much. Um, it's like something cherry, oh, I have it right in front of me, fantastic. It's like Glacier Cherry or something like that. So that's the one that I like to drink. It's just so easy to buy that and then drink it, obviously. <laughs> um, uh, also, Noon Tablets as well. 
uh, I remember forgetting to bring uh, my Gator Light. I didn't have a pH pack, and so I I used the noon tablets. I just popped it in a, a bottle of water, and it dissolved fairly quickly. So I've had experience with those two that I mentioned, uh, as well as Pedialyte, uh, which is good. And I think they have a flavorless one, which I would recommend just health-wise, you know, avoiding the Again, the um, artificial flavors and colors or whatever. Uh, and then also I've heard good things about Scratch. I want to say it has like 380 milligrams per serving. So that pretty much gets you there for the you know minimum um, amount, I'd say, of preloading, <clears throat> which is I recommended the 500 milligrams. Um, and then uh, as far as eating, you know, I would recommend that you... Um, have a meal, you know, a healthy meal that's with the, and I'm actually taking this from the USA recommendation, uh, a low t- slash medium glycemic index um, carbohydrate with a moderate amount of protein. Uh, and you can have that obviously with your electrolyte drink and water and whatnot. So, uh, you know, example of this would be a bowl of oatmeal with two eggs or turkey, ham or roast beef sandwich, something like that. But Obviously, again, you you want to know your body because some people react to certain foods worse than other people and whatnot. But obviously, having you know enough uh, fuel in your tank, it really helps a lot. And I know we're talking about pre- uh, preparation for matches, but um, also as well during matches, the recommendation is thirty to sixty um, grams of carbohydrates uh, per hour. So um, once once I started doing that that really helped as well. Just having like a banana and a bar or something like that. So that's really good too. But yeah, preparation definitely includes your hydration and nutrition. So definitely get those electrolytes and healthy nutrition in before your matches. And don't overload on the protein because um, it's harder for your body to digest protein. So that's not going to be great if you're feeling super bloated because you had a nice uh, steak um, sandwich or something <laughs> before your match, uh, so some uh, Burger King or whatever, have it your way, except you won't because you'll lose because you won't be able to move. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh, key number one, two, three, four. We're at four out of six already, <clears throat> plus a bonus, of course, uh, is have a game plan. You don't want to just react to your opponent's play. You want to have a strategies and tactics that you can actively deploy in the match. And I remember when I was a junior, I was purely reactive. Luckily, I was athletic and, you know, barely missed when I was young and just grinded out matches like that. But I didn't really have any strategy in mind, to be honest, except maybe when a coach of mine, 
would kind of tell me stuff, but for the most part, it's just pure reaction. So you want to have a game plan that uses your strengths as much as possible against your opponent's weaknesses as much as possible. So you do want to ideally write down your game plan or at least think about it in your head and and then just go into the match, you know, with some simple, simple plans, simple strategies. For instance, you, you want to tell yourself, okay, I want to work the point to target the opponent's backhand uh, so that I can get a short ball and attack it with my strength, my forehand, uh, or something like I want to hit... Uh, low short slices against um, a, uh, a pusher opponent to make them come to the net and volley, which is their weakness, and take away their strength of grinding from the baseline. Um, and, you, you know, if you think you're good at passing, obviously, hopefully you are, um, or lobbing. But, yeah, you know, just have some sort of game plan. You know, think about it. Think and, and critique. I mean, it's so important. You know, there's been lots of matches I've been in where I've been losing or me and my partner have been losing. And had we just gone the same way, um, you know, and not thought about some sort of other game plan, other strategies, we would have lost. So, I mean, even though we're, again, we're talking about preparation, that just kind of shows you that you need to have a plan that thinking about strategy makes a difference. It's not all about just you know, hitting the ball and technique and, and, and whatnot. So you need to have a strategy. So, uh, yeah, have a game plan. Uh, that thinking about that is just going to get you in the right frame of mind about executing rather than thinking about the results. That's another thing, too. You know, you're occupying your mind with uh, actionable items rather than just thinking about, oh, I want to win. You know, that's kind of the worst thing to do is to think about, winning too much. And that kind of goes into um, uh, key numbers. What are, we're at six already? One, two, three, four, five. I'm sorry. <laughs> key number five is mindset. So uh, having the right mindset, you want to focus on the process, not the results. And that's the key phrase that my coach gave me in college. Shout out to Keith Purrier, who coaches the Navy women's tennis team right now uh, back at UMBC. I remember uh, I've told this story before, but not in a while, uh, where in my freshman year of college, I was playing, I think it was um, Cornell Invitational, played against uh, a friend of mine from uh, my home section here in the Mid-Atlantic. In that tournament, was up 6 two five one and I was just thinking at that point how cool it would be to win my first college match and obviously as you know I or you can you know uh, predict if you haven't heard this story I lost and just got super tight I think there was even a shot that my opponent hit on it for my match point that was like a little bit out on the side the the left sideline and I just didn't call it and then I hit the ball out but yeah pretty brutal but after that match uh, Coach Perrier said, focus on the process, not the results. So that's really important in not just tennis, but in life in general. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, some common pre-match thoughts that I used to have and sometimes creep up on me once in a while, and I'm sure for lots of you, uh, is thinking, first off, that you're going to lose. Uh, terrible thought <laughs> to have, obviously. Uh, worrying what others will think of the result. I would do that all the time in juniors when I... Before I played somebody, I would think to myself, oh, if I lose, what what are my 
uh, fellow players and parents going to think about this? You know, just kind of too wrapped up with myself there. Uh, you know, hoping the match rains out, stuff like that. Just having fear about playing. I definitely thought about that quite a bit. I remember having to play uh, a big rival in in high school tennis, and I was just nervous, and I was just hoping that it would rain, but it didn't, and I did not win. <laughs> um, you know, uh, compare that with what winners how they think. So winners and successful players, they're doing uh, key number four there. They're formulating a game plan. They're thinking to themselves, I'm going to try my best out there. Um, They have self-belief and confidence. They trust their training, just like uh, Junior Tennis Champions Center. Shout out to them. Um, That's their motto in there. Um, So, you know, these are the sorts of thoughts you need to have uh, with yourself. Um, You know, thinking about just uh, running down every ball like Nadal, uh, things like that. I hope he comes back soon, by the way. So yeah, mindset is a true key essential that will make a big difference in your success on the court and off the court. And key number six is to know your in-between point routine. And it was really cool to see, um, this mentioned by Craig O'Shaughnessy, who I've had on my summits a few times. Um, uh, he was the chief strategist for Novak Djokovic, and he's commentating all the time. And so he called it the IBPR, obviously in-between point routine. But he said that this in-between point routine concept was one of the main reasons that Coco Golf won the U.S. Open. And you know, one common routine that I learned from Jeff Greenwald uh, from Fearless Tennis, uh, again, another podcast guest and summit guest, Uh, is the following. Feel your feet on the ground, adjust your strings, give yourself a positive affirmation uh, and an action item for the next point. So uh, a simple routine like this in between the point helps you reset and refocus. Uh, Also, I would add to that uh, as well as um, just uh, taking a couple deep breaths too. Just slow the heart rate down, by the way. Um, But yeah, these in-between point routines are powerful and uh, they just, you know, they help you re- uh, restore normalcy as well, clear your mind. Uh, and like I said, you know, it's very common for you, for players, all players to lose their focus, to start thinking about uh, external factors. But, you know, having this in-between point routine helps you refocus and uh, get ready for the next point. So you got to love the in-between point routine. You gotta gotta integrate that. Uh, a lot of you, I do not see that on your courts. And then the bonus tip for how to prepare for your for matches um, is to train in the same conditions as what your match is going to be. So I'm referring mainly to same surface, indoor, outdoor, add, no add, as for example. So I mentioned this in my. Uh, Five Omen sectionals, I think it was a review, or maybe it was a different episode but, uh, a few weeks ago. But uh, what we did was we, you know, we had our our sectionals uh, would be outdoor hardcourt, playing no ad. So that's all we did for several practices before that tournament. And what it did it was it made us feel very comfortable with playing outdoor on hardcourt. With no ad, um, that was just huge. You know, I I can firmly say that if we had just 
practice on random surfaces, you know, like indoor hard, which we almost did, but then, uh, you know, the team to their credit and I felt as well that uh, we really wanted to do uh, outdoor, so we did. But if we had played, you know, indoor hard uh, with Ad, and you know, and then the next time outdoor clay with with that with with um, with Ads as well, things like that, then you know, all of a sudden you're thrown into a situation that you're not as comfortable with, and you're like, oh wow, I, wow, I haven't been practicing uh, outdoor hardcore uh, with no Ad lately. Oh no, it's ad, no Ad. Wow, pressure, you know. So. Instead, we felt extremely comfortable in this situation, and um, my partner and I, uh, so Frederick, shout out to him, a great uh, 5-0 doubles player and singles as well, but uh, we played doubles there. Uh, he, uh, him and I, we were super comfortable with the ad. We even knew, you know, we're very comfortable and just kind of could sense like who should take the, the ad point. And we won, I don't know, I would say probably like at least 60%, uh, 65% probably of our no ad points, which was a huge key in us winning both of our matches. Um, it might have been even higher, to be honest. But yeah, I would highly encourage you for your preparation to, to train in the same conditions, again, the same surface, uh, whether it, and also indoor or outdoor, whichever one that is, and then format as well, add no add, and obviously, you know, doubles, uh, if it's a <laughs> doubles tournament, play some doubles, play all doubles if possible, or if you're with a, you know, just one person, you can only manage to get one person out there, then do doubles drills, out of cross-court drills, a lot of serving and returning. So I hope that you enjoyed this uh, it's kind of more of a, a list of essential, um, you know, pieces of advice for how to prepare for your matches. And I'm just going to run through them again. So uh, the six keys plus the bonus are have all your essential equipment ready, uh, perform a dynamic warm up before your matches, uh, employ the appropriate hydration and nutrition. Remember preloading with electrolyte drinks uh, about 90 minutes before the match, uh, according to your sweat level, as well as um, having a nutritious and appropriate amount of carbohydrates with protein and also um, healthy fats as well. And then have or think of a game plan, have a game plan for your matches. And then also you want to have the proper mindset. So if you're thinking about, you know, some of these uh, negative e external thoughts that you can't control, uh, that you have no control over what other people think about you, especially um, don't think about that. Think about how you're going to give max effort. Think about, um, you know, all the training you've done before and, and, and get confidence from that and think about the game plan, have self-belief. And then know your in-between point routine Think about that. Just a quick refresher, hopefully, if you have that already, or if not, just give yourself um, two to three, two to four different things that you can do in between the points to help reset and refocus yourself. And then the bonus um, piece of advice here to help you prepare for matches is to train in the same conditions. Uh, again, the same surface, an indoor, outdoor, and add or no add format, uh, or even if it's pro set, obviously, you know, do that uh, as what your match is going to be. So yeah, I hope you really enjoyed that and took value from it. And if you did, while I'm finding the quote of the day here, uh, if you did, then I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review for the Tennis Files podcast. And you can do that by going to tennisfiles.com slash Apple podcasts with an S at the end. 
leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, uh, we just find this gives the uh, most uh, movement for the show in terms of visibility and, and rankings and such. And th- not that I'm so much really concerned about rankings. It really honestly doesn't matter that much at all. And the rankings fluctuate so much. So, I mean, whatever. But uh, just more for the show's visibility because then that means that more people will see it and then they will benefit from it. So we just love helping the tennis community. So really cool. Um, uh, if you could help make that happen with a review on, on uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever um, platform that you used to listen to the show. And l- want to leave you with a quote by Bella Caroli, I think it is. And uh, Bella said, No competition, no progress. And that makes me think about when I played a tournament at JTCC. Uh, I remember my dad was there watching too. And uh, we were in the, uh, what do you call it? I guess the indoor area where the TV is uh, after I lost a tough match against a really tough player. It was close, but I lost. Might have been like four and five or something like that. Just, yeah, it was a tough one. But uh, there's this old older gentleman who had asked me and my dad, how I did. And I said that, oh, you know, it was a tough match and I lost. And then uh, that really nice uh, gentleman said um, something to the effect of, well, it's it's much better that you competed and, and lost than that you didn't compete at all. And uh, very true because you always learn something when you lose. You learn about your game and what you can improve upon, also what you're doing well right now, things like that. So uh, really really highly encourage you to compete in some sort of form because that'll really bring out uh, what you're most comfortable doing, uh, your main strengths, your weaknesses, especially if you play a tougher opponent, they're going to exploit that. Uh, so yeah, c- competition is great uh, for all aspects, again, of, uh, of, of life as well, including tennis. Um, Alrighty then. Well, that is it for this episode. Uh, I'm going to go and play some mixed doubles right now. That's exciting. Um, looking forward to that. I've been also working a lot on my serve. I've been taking a couple lessons lately. Um, so that has been great. Uh, shout out to Hyon. He's uh, been helping with my serve and I've been going uh, most mornings and uh, practicing as well. So yeah, I just want to Put that out there, you know, hopefully it'll help motivate you to get get a basket of balls out there and go serve and figure out what's going on. Um, Right now I'm working on my racket drop. That's been something that's been a little bit uh, too shallow for me. So, I'm, you know, I'm getting there. So definitely enjoying seeing the progress and, uh, you know, getting more free points these days actually with my serve, which is really fantastic. And it's, uh, it's been attacked much less. So that really just helps so much. Um, So, yeah, anyways, uh, yeah. Hope you keep keep working at your game, keep improving your tennis game, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Tennis Files Podcast. This is your host, Mirabon. Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files Podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit TennisFiles.com.